0: Welcome to Successful Parenting, where we, Jackie Rue and Robin Choquette, share practical skills for families to build resilience and healthy connections. As practicing professionals and parents ourselves, we hope this podcast is a resource for parents to grow, reflect, and learn more about themselves and their children. Our approach is simple, tangible, and most importantly, we lead with compassion for the integrity of the families we serve. This podcast should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for informational purposes only. We love our work, and we can't wait to watch families gain confidence and open themselves up to new ways of successful parenting. Good morning, Jackie.
1: Good morning, Robin. How is it going? Do you have your coffee yet? Yes, it's good. excited about what we're doing for the month of October.
0: Yeah, I agree. The month of October, I think, brings a lot of fun this month, every Monday, our listeners are going to get to hear us talk about the workbook and go through the model. And just reminding our listeners, you can... Purchase the workbook on Amazon. If you want to grab that book and be able to work alongside of us, we would love that.
1: Yes. And this book has brought us into a lot of great conversation about just changing things up at home enough that it brings closer connections within the family, but also helps the child hit some of those milestones that so many parents and families are wanting. I've been using this book a lot lately with families. You know, as the start of the school year, I've had many families concerned about their children's social skills, routine, going to school. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's
0: talk a little bit about the levels. There's five levels, and today we're going to start on level one. What did you find to be your favorite part in level one?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, I think one of the things that I liked that we did right off the bat with the workbook and, you know, leading into level one is assessing your own parenting styles and if it fits with, you know, the direction you're wanting things to go. I know for me When I had two girls, I reflected a lot on where my views of parenting came from and where I felt like I wanted to be different and where I felt like I wanted to be similar to my parents. I think so often we come to parenting with things and sometimes it can be trauma, sometimes it can be different relationships from our past. I think when I look at my parenting, the first thing that was helpful for me is really getting in touch with what my views of parenting were and and what kind of parent I wanted to be. So I love how we do something called the timeline and we talk about having parents take a look at their history as a child, memories of childhood, their views of their parents. So I don't know, I I think that while that can be a really hard exercise, Mm -hmm. in particular, if you have had trauma or you know things that are difficult to grasp, I think it's a powerful exercise to take a look at you know, where you are as a parent. I don't know what you think about that, Robin.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I've used that with other people. I mean, we've even put out a big piece of paper. I have large pieces of paper in my office. And I think it is so helpful because now we're starting to see it. I think that visualization of it, if you do an actual timeline, I think is helpful. And The part that I like is kind of the next part of looking at the parenting styles. And we have a graph in our book, listeners, that's actually on page 12, and it talks about parenting styles. And I like it because it's visual. and So you can look at it, you can start to understand where you fall and how it can be very fluid that you move around. And I think in conversation, plus looking at that graph, I have found that to be hugely helpful with a lot of families just talking about what's going on and helping them to understand. So it's that visual, and then it also brings in, you know, this information and conversation. And we had one family that we had worked with, and one of the things that we started to discover is that using the timeline, and then we moved into looking at the parenting style They were able to understand when their partner was very authoritarian, they quickly went to permissive. And one of the reflections they had was that during their childhood, they wanted to really remove themselves whenever there was any yelling or there was any intensity in the home, which often happened. And then they brought that into their own parenting because they didn't want it to be that high intensity and they would become very permissive. Well, the authoritarian parent said, I feel like I have to step up because you're withdrawing, you're very permissive, you let things happen. And my intensity goes up to try to match What you're doing. And they really were able to recognize how they played off one another in this graph, and then also how that would change from time to time and where they would fall. At one point, the authoritarian parent actually talked about becoming uninvolved and would complete withdrawal because of out of utter frustration and just not be involved in parenting. And it could go on for days because of this. So, this graph was really helpful, I think, for the parents to look at when we coupled it with that timeline. And I think that's one of the things. That this workbook does. It allows you to look at it not from my perspective, Jackie's perspective, but your own and your own lived experiences.
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, I had a mom say to me, and I like how you gave that example. I think there's a lot of examples in the workbook, and I think it helps parents put It into practicality. Mm -hmm. But there was a mom that said to me yesterday that she used to be very permissive. And part of it was the more she has worked on her own histories from her own childhood with me in therapy. She said that as I have healed and I have become healthier, my parenting style has actually changed. And where I was very permissive, I've moved more into a different realm. And she said, even sometimes like authoritative. And so it was interesting for her to say the healthier that I am becoming, the healthier. I'm noticing my child and she is a teenager, the healthier my teen is becoming Mm -hmm. and the healthier our relationship is. So it's interesting to see how sometimes your parenting style can be impacted by where you are emotionally. And sometimes it does have to do with that.
0: Right, right. So true.
1: And sometimes it can be an obstacle. You know, I know one of the things we talk a lot about are, you know, what are your goals and and what are your obstacles, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to raise a child who is more confident and independent and you are a parent that says, you know what, I need to have more consistency at home. what are obstacles for you? Sometimes it can be things like this mom noted our own mental health, our own stress levels. I like how in the workbook we talk about, you know, what are obstacles to you being the effective parent you want to be or for you being able to implement some of the strategies that you believe will meet those goals you have? Absolutely. I know for me, it was if I ever
0: experienced my child not being honest, I was not my best parent. And I really had to work on that. And I think Looking at those obstacles and kind of knowing certain things, certain emotional states, certain stressors, certain experiences like what gets in the way. excuse me, of being effective. And it's not about being perfect. It's just about being effective, right? In your parenting, given what you wanting to achieve for your children and your family.
1: Yeah, and I think there's, you know, every child's different too, and every family's different. So mm-hmm. parenting's gonna look different. I know for me, an obstacle was just my own emotional reactions. You know, we talk a lot about purposeful parenting, purposeful reactions, and emotional reactivity. And I you know for me, obstacles in my parenting were when I reacted out of emotion. You know, whether I was exhausted, angry, anxious, but those were the times that that placed disruptions in what I was trying to do in the relationship. And so I remember even rereading our obstacles to effective parenting section and thinking, you know, the best thing I did as a parent was just when I recognized I was becoming emotional, I would kind of just walk away. And sometimes not saying anything in that moment was so much more powerful when I could come back later and have more of a rational discussion. But for me, that was hands down the biggest obstacle. And I think once you get a hold of your goals and what those obstacles are, you can really start to be aware. And it really goes full circle. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay, let's
0: talk, if you don't mind, Jackie, I want to move to page 25. And let's talk about the emotional development scale. I mean, this is one I think families, professionals, people really love this scale. And you and I created this. Families, as I said, professionals, they really love to utilize it. Even adolescents, I've used it with, you know, children and adolescents to talk about how they're responding.
1: And this is probably one of the most requested (laughs) tools that we have, would you say, Robin? I would agree with that. I think so too. I think people love it. And I think this is one of the tools that families have said that this resonates with them and they, they most... Appreciate this Mm -hmm. when we created this emotional development scale. One of the reasons was. We were, you know, starting to work with students that had school refusal and school anxiety. And and one of the things you and I kept seeing were phone calls coming in and families saying, you know, we don't believe that our child, you know, needs this type of treatment, or we don't believe my child is a bad kid. They're such a good kid. They're so smart. They're so great. We don't know why they're, you know, engaging in these behaviors. And the parents kept wanting us to know that these were good kids, these were bright kids. And so one of the things you and I talked about is, wow, you know, we don't want families to feel like this is about good or bad or, or sick or healthy, but right. we wanted them to really understand that it was it's about development and every child develops differently. And we created this emotional development scale to really be an area where families can come and, and understand where their child is emotionally and, and where they are intellectually and what are things that we can do to support the child. It wasn't so much that they were, you know, bad kids or had refusal behavior, but maybe they were kids that were struggling emotionally and we really just needed to help raise that development.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I remember that was so helpful when we started talking to families so they could understand. What I consistently see is if we have a student that intellectually is at one level and then the emotional development is below that, you know, it's not aligned with one another. And you see that type of discrepancy, you see a lot of frustration with the child, and then also the family, because it just doesn't make sense. And I really liked this, because we could look at things, I think, through a different lens, much what you were talking about And, and Jackie and I pulled together, you're know, not only our own experience and our own information that we and the data that we had, we also used from models of past You know, if you're into psychology, Erickson, Watson, Skinner, Bandura, plus our own experiences. So this does have that theoretical piece of some really great models from past. You know, we had some parents to take a look at this and they were like, yeah, I get it. My child was at this level. You know, I said I had adolescence and we would use it. If I'm age 14, but I'm responding as a 10 year old, how do people respond to me? What's the reaction? My needs are not getting met. They're treating me like a child across the board. We have a lot of really wonderful worksheets, but I think that is one, as you said, Jackie, is probably the most requested.
1: It puts a perspective, right? You said one of your triggers as a parent was when you felt like your children were lying. And I use this scale with families and we talked about that really, it wasn't that the child was lying, but that the child really struggled with perspective taking skills. And the child was seeing things from their own point of view, was not seeing things from maybe like an adult would. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it helps parents to even and take a look at, okay, even though my child is really bright, for instance, that emotionally, you know, they have a hard time asking for help or regulating emotions. And we need to kind of shift our expectations to match emotional and intellectual development, not just the, oh, my child's so smart, so they should be able to handle this. Right. Absolutely.
0: Well, Jackie, I think we're at the end of our first episode of Going Over. Families, one of the things that you will find at end of each level, we do have a summary. And this is definitely a workbook where we're asking you to write things down. We ask you to go back after each level and identify what you learned for yourself, for your child, your parenting, any questions or concerns you have. If you're working with a professional, if you have someone that you're able to go talk to, if you have you know, a partner, if there's a two-partner home or a partner outside, that's a, a parenting partner, sit down and work with this book together. And I think it's a great resource to not only start conversations, but helping you to become that successful parent. Thank you, Jackie. It's a great conversation. And I will see you later. Bye. Have a good Bye. weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us and make sure to subscribe and like us to catch our next episode where we will take you on a journey to find new ways of successful parenting.